You are listening to the podcast from the Humane Society of South Central Michigan. I'm Jessica Gilbert, Executive Director. This week, we will be chatting about cat decline, our adoption process, and talking with our longest employee, Finance Director Melissa Sawyer. As you listen today, you may hear some construction noises in the background. We'll be talking next time about our recent building projects. As always, if you have ideas for future episodes, please give us a call at 269-963-1796, extension 13. We receive a lot of questions on our adoption process here at the shelter. For us, animal adoption is about bringing people and pets together. We don't just search out a quick home. We complete a process that involves an application, reference and veterinary check, adoption counseling, and a matchup with all family members. The first step in the process is filling out an adoption application. You can download it from our website and fax it or email it in, or you can stop by the shelter during normal business hours to fill it out in person. It's one page front and back. We ask basic questions about you, the individuals in your home, your previous history with pets, and a few questions about the behavior and temperament of the ideal animal you're looking for. People may wonder why we do veterinary checks. We believe that life at our shelter is the minimum level of care. A home should provide more than what we can in a shelter environment, and veterinary care is just a piece of that need. It may be possible that your veterinarian has a different vaccination schedule, and that's okay, but you need to make sure you take your dog and your cat to the vet every year for annual health exam. During the adoption council, we will meet with everyone in your family to learn about what you are looking for in a pet and help you choose an animal that is the right fit. Maybe you really liked that Pomeranian you saw on our Facebook page, but with your active lifestyle and small children, it's possible that a beagle mix is a better fit for your home. We want to make sure that it's a right fit for you and the right fit for the new pet. Interested in adopting a dog? Already have a dog? We do dog-to-dog matchups with all dogs currently in your home. We'd hate for you to take a new dog home and find out it doesn't work or was an unsafe situation. Our specially trained staff members and behaviorists will make sure it's a great fit. Our return rate is around 8%. The average for shelters nationwide is somewhere around 20%. We know that every time an animal is returned to a shelter, they face a harder time getting a new home. They may come back with health or behavioral issues. Getting it right the first time is very important to us. We want to make sure that each animal in our care is placed into a loving home where it will stay forever and that everyone in the family is on board with the responsibilities of pet care through the lifetime of the dog or cat. If you have questions or comments about our pet adoption process or policies, please give us a call at 269-963-1796. Now I'd like to introduce our Humane Society's longest employee, Melissa Sawyer. Let's start by asking, how many animals do you have at home? Oh, goodness. I have four cats, uh, and then I have one, four inside cats, one outside cat. I have one that I'm fostering that may turn into uh, our cat and a dog. Very nice. What are their names? What kind of animals are they? Uh, our dog is a Weimaraner Boxer Mix. The cats are all basically domestic short hair cats. Um, The outside cat that we have uh, just showed up many years ago with a mama cat and a bunch of kittens, and uh, she's got longer hair, and we started taking care of her, and she's just stuck around. Um, The outside cat's name is Maggie. Inside cats, uh, most of them have come from when I used to foster, and it's Freak, Cosmo, Pookie, uh, Alvin, and then the one that I'm fostering is Jeremiah. Very nice. 
tell us what you do here at the shelter. I'm the finance director and HR person and handle maintenance and pretty much anything that needs an extra hand. We're all kind of all hands on deck. Um, so anything that's financial, of course, falls on my desk. Anything that's HR, I deal with, and then my director helps me, and then uh, wherever else I'm needed. Twelve years is a really long time. How did you first get involved with the Humane Society? Uh, first, I was a volunteer. I uh, started helping with uh, fostering animals. Did that for a couple years, then they asked me to actually run their foster care program, uh, and I did that and absolutely loved it. Some things changed in my job, so I came here just looking for a part-time job while I went back to school full-time, and that only lasted a couple weeks, and I was offered a full-time job right away and went to school three-quarter time, <laughs> and uh, it's, it was the best thing that happened. What's your favorite part about working at the shelter? I really feel like we make a difference, and I feel like uh, we make a strong effort to get the right fit for each family when they come in to adapt, and knowing that we're changing their lives and really touching them means a lot to me. Um, I love working with the animals, and when I'm having a stressful day to go in and play with cats or play with dogs, you, you can't beat that. Other people don't get to do that, and I feel sorry for them. Do you have a favorite animal story from your years of working here? Oh, goodness. Um, I've been touched by many animals. Most of them, I'll have to admit, are cats. It's just easier for me to work with the cats being in the office. Um, I do have one that uh, touched me and still I think about a lot. His name was Bailey. And I'm trying to remember if it was when I was running the foster care program or newly hired, because it was very early in my experience with the Humane Society. And it was a cruelty case. And there were Maine Coon cats, and we took in 19 of them, and Bailey was one that was in pretty rough shape, and they asked me to foster. Um, he was so bad that he would hide under my youngest son's bed and just cry, and nobody could, I couldn't even touch him in the beginning. Um, needless to say, after, it took probably almost a month for him to finally start coming out from under the bed and trusting me, but that trust was so strong, and we became so close. Um, he never cared for my husband, but <laughs> we became best friends, and he lived a long life with me, and um, knowing that he went from such a horrible, horrible, horrible existence with the people that owned him to um, kind of ruling the roost at my house and being spoiled rotten and really catered to poor thing had to lose most of his teeth when we got him but um he was great and I still think about him he, he really touched my heart well, that's wonderful I never mm -hmm. knew his story before mm -hmm. thanks for sharing that mm -hmm. what do you wish people knew about what we do here at the shelter that it's not a place we're not an animal control shelter where you're just going to come in and pick a white cat or pick a, a, a husky dog or it's going to take some time we want the right fit so that we know enough about the animals because they're here for a while before we actually even put them on the adoptable floor or we at least get to know them we spend hands-on time with them so knowing them we know we're an expert and some people don't respect us that way and they think we're we're judging them and that's not what we're doing we're just trying to find the perfect fit for them and even when we think it's going to be a good fit, we want to make sure that they understand what they're going to have to work with, and, and it's not going to be an easy thing. They're shelter dogs. There are a difference. There is reasons why they're in shelters. So um, I just I want them to understand that, that we're doing our best, and we don't want them here. We want them in a home, so that's what we want as well. 
Thank you so much for giving us a little bit of an insight into your work here. And thank you for all of the hard work you do. Uh, you are delightful to work with and you make my job a lot easier. So oh, thank you. Thank you very much. The Humane Society of South Central Michigan does not advocate declawing of cats. Why is that? Today we'd like to talk a little more about declawing. Declawing is banned in many countries including England, Scotland, Wales, Italy, France, Germany, Austria, Switzerland, Norway, Sweden, the Netherlands, Northern Ireland, Ireland, Denmark, Finland, Slovenia, Portugal, Belgium, Spain, Brazil, Australia, and New Zealand. In Rhode Island and California, it is illegal for landlords to require tenants to declaw their cats. It is also illegal to declaw cats in California cities of Los Angeles, San Francisco, Burbank, Santa Monica, Berkeley, Beverly Hills, and Culver City. The American Veterinary Medical Association position is that declawing is an amputation and should be regarded as major surgery. The AVMA position further states that declawing of domestic cats should only be considered after attempts have been made to prevent the cat from using its claws destructively or when its clawing presents an above-normal health risk for its owners. Individuals may erroneously assume that declawing a cat is just trimming its toenails, but it is so much more than just a manicure. Declawing is an amputation of the last bone of each toe. If performed on a human being, it would be like cutting off each finger at the knuckle closest to the fingernail. The standard method of declawing is amputating with a scalpel or guillotine clipper. The wounds are closed with stitches or surgical glue, and the feet are bandaged. Another method is laser surgery, in which a small, intense beam of light cuts through the tissue by heating and vaporizing it. However, it's still the amputation of the last toe bone of the cat and carries with it the same long-term risks of lameness and behavioral problems as other methods of declawing. Medical drawbacks to declawing include pain, infection, tissue necrosis, lameness, and back pain. Newly declawed cats shift their body weight backward onto the large central pad of the front feet and off the toes. If this altered gait persists over time, it can cause stress on the leg joints and the spine and could lead to damage and arthritis. For some cats, declawing may cause them to stop using the litter box. You don't want problems with inappropriate urination in your home. Some cats may become biters because they no longer have their claws for defense. All cats at the Humane Society of South Central Michigan are spayed or neutered prior to being available for adoption under general anesthesia. Declaw surgery is also performed under general anesthesia. Multiple exposures to general anesthesia in a short amount of time may increase health risks. Scratching is normal cat behavior. Cats scratch to remove the dead husks from their claws, to mark their territory, and stretch their muscles. It just feels good, and you can teach your cat to scratch where you want. What do cats scratch? Well, cats love anything with a nubby, coarse, or textured surface, something they can really sink their claws into. When do cats scratch? When they wake up from a nap, when they want to mark their territory, or when they're excited about something like you coming home from work. How do cats scratch? Some cats like to stand up against a vertical surface. Others get horizontal and stick their butts up in the air for a good stretch. Some cats enjoy both angles. Kittens start scratching at around eight weeks. Watch your cat and see what their scratching preferences are. Once you've figured out your cat's preferences, you can work to eliminate scratching on poor choices while adding good choices at the same time. 
Cover the poor choice locations with things that cats will find unappealing, like double-sided sticky tape, aluminum foil, or a plastic carpet runner with a pointy side up. It's important to replace these poor choice items with good choices. Try both vertical and horizontal scratching areas. A sturdy rope-covered upright post. Make sure it's sturdy. Something that pulls over on top of Kitty as she scratches will scare her. And some of those flat corrugated cardboard scratchers will give some variety. Here at the shelter, we even have a large branch with bark on it for the cats to scratch on. There are so many different scratching posts available online, in pet stores, or you can even make your own. It's easy to find posts that will match your decor. You can rub a little catnip into the post or attach a toy to the top to make it even more attractive. You can also find liquid spray catnip at your local pet store. Don't forget to praise Kitty or even give her treats for using the post or any other object that is acceptable to scratch. Positive reward-based training works. Put the posts where your cat wants them. Places you've identified as frequently used for scratching. Near her nap place, by the front door, by a window. You want multiple scratching surfaces and locations throughout your home. If you do catch your cat scratching a poor choice location, interrupt her by making a loud noise. Clap your hands, shake a can of pennies or pebbles, slap the wall, and then redirect her to scratching on one of the acceptable items. Do this consistently and reward her when she makes the right choice. In addition to eliminating poor choices and providing good choices for cat scratching, you should examine and regularly trim your cat's toenails. It's easy and will help them from getting stuck in the carpeting or having a torn or ingrown toenail. If you would like to learn how to trim your cat's toenails, we can help. Just call us at 269-963-1796 and let us know that you'd like to learn. And we'll schedule a time for you to come in. We'll teach you how to trim cat toenails on the shelter cats. We'd like to thank the Dumb Friends League in Denver, Colorado for some of the tips and information on training cats for appropriate scratching and the Humane Society of the United States for their description on the medical declawing procedure itself. If you want to support the cats and dogs in our Humane Society shelter, you can easily give through your mobile device. Open up your texting app and start a new message. In the To field, type 41444. In the message area, type PAWCAST, P-A-W-C-A-S-T. You'll receive a text back with a link to make a donation. No amount is too small. Every dollar makes a difference. You can also donate online at www.hsscm.org. Over the phone at 269-963-1796, extension 19, or you can mail us a check. The Humane Society of South Central Michigan is located at 2500 Watkins Road in Battle Creek, Michigan. We tweet. For dog-related items, follow us at ShelterDogHSSCM. For cat-related items, follow us at ShelterCatHSSCM. We're also on Tumblr, Instagram, and YouTube. You can get all of the social media links at our website, www.hsscm.org. You can also subscribe to our podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes. Next time on the podcast, recent construction and building projects, reasons to spay and neuter, and a review of some of our favorite cat products. Thank you for listening today. <laughs>